Cause we got the alternative energy right. On a nuclear free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network So what I'd like to see is that we have to keep the past alive, we really do, so we can protect the future. Because if we're going to forget that past, they're going to do it again, and it's going to start all over again, and the future will be just nothing but a nuclear black cloud hanging over everybody. So please, Australia, sign and ratify the treaty, and let's all work together to get rid of this monstrous weapons of mass destruction. Hello and welcome to The Radioactive Show. The Radioactive Show is produced on the unceded lands of the Kulin Nation and we pay our respects to the ancestors and to elders past and present. It's NADOC week and the theme is Get Up, Stand Up, Show Up. I'm Michaela, and today we'll be hearing from three strong women who are doing just that for their community and for the future of people and the planet. We'll hear from Yankunjara Anangu woman Karina Lester and Gugathamula women Sue Common Hasseldine and Mia Hasseldine presenting at the event From Port Augusta to Vienna with Love. This nuclear ban hub was organised by the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons and streamed live to Vienna on the 19th of June during the first meeting of state parties to the United Nations Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. First up, we'll hear from Karina Lester. Good evening, everyone, and it's lovely to be joining you all here from Port Augusta, South Australia. Um, We want to thank Vienna for this amazing opportunity for us to be coming in and crossing over to Vienna to hear our stories and South Australia's stories of our resistance against this and how these nuclear weapons have harmed us. So joining me this evening, I have Annie Sue Coleman-Hasseldine, her granddaughter Mia Hasseldine and myself, three generations of strong campaigners against this. There are two ambassadors of ICANN that are joining us, myself and Annie Sue, who have done this work over the years joining ICANN, and we are very grateful for this opportunity. I want to start by asking Annie Sue if she could tell us a little bit about her story and her amazing work with ICANN. I'll hand it over to you, Annie Sue. Thank you, Karina. Hello, Vienna. Um, I was over there with you in 2014. I did a speech there. Wish I was there with you today. Um, my name is Sue Coleman Hazeldine. I'm a cook as a woman from the far west coast of South Australia. I was a child when the first atomic bombs at Maralinga were sent off. And I've been campaigning with ICANN now for a long time, been one of their ambassadors and proud to be so. I was so proud when we won the Nobel Peace Prize. That was a big win for the world, I think. Um, We have been suffering over the years with different defects and 
different illnesses that were never used to be around before the atomic bombs were tested in our country. Um, it's pretty hard to accept the fact that Australia will not rat ratify the treaty. I know Australia is at Vienna this, this time, and it would be good if they came home and told the government, <clears throat> we owe the people of Australia something. We owe them protection for the future. We need to ban all things nuclear. So I will pass you back to Karina now, I think, because I've said a lot of things over the years. I'll give the young ones a chance. Thanks, Sunny Sue. We're really grateful because, as I mentioned at the very beginning, there are three generations before you speaking from Port Augusta about our stories and how these weapons have impacted on us. And for generations, as before us, we have campaigned strong against this. With hearing the stories of Aunty Sue, and we know Aunty Sue's story as a family, but also myself as a second-generation survivor as well. My late father, Yami Lester, was instrumental in the campaign, but also in the work of the Royal Commission into the British nuclear testing. He's a survivor of the Emu Fields tests that happened in October 1953. He spoke up very strong in the Royal Commission about how his people, Arnongojuda, from the Arnongo, Bijanjara and Yangunjara lands, have been affected and impacted by the radiation fallout that happened over our Wallatina community. And this story is a global story, and we hear that with the many stories that we have shared over the years and hearing from many of survivors and people who have experienced this, that it's a very common story around this globe of how catastrophic these weapons really are. And it's that lived experience that we continue on generations to continue those stories and remind everybody of what happened to Aboriginal people here in South Australia. Emu Fields tests were the first mainland tests that happened in Australia. That location at Emu Fields was a very remote location and so the government of the day made the decision to move to Maralinga and continue their testing program on the grounds of Maralinga. And so many Arnongal Aboriginal people of the Western Desert region, but also others around the surrounding areas, the Gugada people, but also Adnyamutna people, people in the West, around the WA area, were largely impacted by those tests that happened at Maralinga. Now, these stories are very present today in the generations that follow. Emu fields, because of that very isolating or isolation of that location, they moved down to Maralinga, closer to the railway line, creating that path of transportation as well. This is a real story that has impacted on Arnold communities around South Australia. We hear through our own Arnold history how this has impacted on our people, 
how many of our loved ones died from those tests that happened in the 50s and 60s, but also how our country has suffered a great deal as well. So it's really important as we continue on our work with ICANN to remind everyone of those stories of what happened in the 50s and in the 60s in South Australia's own backyard. These stories need to be continued on for generations to come to know exactly what happened to our people. For us to have our voice and know that our voice is surrounded by companions like all of you in Vienna who know the stories, who are there to share your stories and to hear our stories as well. We are grateful for this opportunity and I want to bring in Mia as a third generation survivor as well to share a little of her story and how these nuclear weapons have impacted on her generation as well. Can I hand it over to you, Mia, to Thank share? Thank you, Anna Karina. Thank you, Nana, for um, that awesome intro. Um, so my name is Mia Hazaran. Um, I'm a 29-year-old Gugula woman from Sajuna. I'm the granddaughter of Sue, um, and everybody knows Nana Sue. She does so many um, campaigning, and she's done it from since I was a little girl. I was attending meetings with her. Um, and when I was a little girl attending, I never thought that I would be up here following in her footsteps and that I would have a personal story that links to this nuclear disaster. <laughs> but here I am. Um, so I've been born into this family who have had to fight. We've had to fight for so many things regarding our livelihood, regarding our Aboriginal culture. Um, and an activist is not something that I thought I would ever have to call myself. Um, when I was 16 years old, leaving school, um, I just thought I would go be a nurse, be a midwife, that was my goal. Um, and instead of having a career that I wanted or having um, you know, a home, a husband, um, or a simple, quiet, humble life, I am a single mum. I carry post-traumatic stress disorder, um, also known as PTSD. Um, the PTSD I carry... <laughs> is caused from a genetic complication. That meant my daughter developed tuber-shaped growths and tumours in her kidneys, her heart and her brain, all whilst she was in utero. She was still in my stomach growing. There's no external factors that contributed to it, which means it was genetic, which means that our DNA has been mutated. Everything Nana fought for when I was a little girl, I had no idea it was going to lead to this. And she knew she had a feeling, and it was right. And so now I'm here. There's not a day where I do not wonder how my life would be if she was still here with me. And I'm, I'm so glad and humbled that I can be here, a part of ICANN. Um, and so today we're talking about prohibiting these nuclear weapons so that this can't keep happening. Um, <laughs> So I call on our Australian government and other countries, other governments, councils around Australia, I call on you all to prohibit the destruction and the trauma that these weapons leave behind. Not just for the people who were on the site or in close proximity, but to anyone who's been around a nuclear incident because of the bombings that happen here in Australia. Um, they're not the only nuclear incidents, there are many. So educate yourselves, the information is out there. Um, for all the following generations and all the unborn children. 
Australia needs to move, and so do other countries. There shouldn't, we shouldn't have to fear another nuclear weapon being used on a country. Um, I don't want another woman, another brother, another sister, another man, another family to experience the loss and the wonder or the doubt that if, did I lose my daughter because it is from fallout or is it just something that happened? Like, I shouldn't have to doubt that. I feel like our Australian government should be contributing to research. Um, they should be committing to understanding if there is genetic impacts on our people here in Australia. Um, I um, yeah, I don't know where to go with what I'm talking about. Um, I wonder if my sisters or my sons, when they grow up, if they have children, um, is there going to be more of our babies that are born with tumours, and are they going to have to suffer the grief that you know that is felt that I carry? My daughter would be four years old right now, um, yeah, and it has affected me immensely, it's affected my children um, and my family, we've all been affected by her loss, and I wonder if there are more stories out there like mine that they don't know that it could be from um, DNA mutations. There's always this thought that it, that's what it could be and we don't know the the facts because I feel like it needs to be researched and understood here in Australia and that's what I asked for um, and I know and I understand that security and defence is important in today's world, I, I get that but I think nuclear is not the answer and that's, I will give back to you guys <laughs> Thank you Mia I really appreciate it and we can't help but be moved by those stories because it is a generational story and we all know, those of us that have been fighting this fight, it has been a generational story. The journey has filtered down generations to generations. And as I've mentioned before you, there are three generations here who continue the fight. Those who have come from lived experience of those British nuclear tests, whether it be at emu fields or whether it be down at Maralinga, those lived experience are very real experiences. We also are generations that are second generation survivors who have seen what these tests have taken away. Our father's eyesights, they have burnt the skins of our loved ones, of our grandmothers, of our grandfathers. They have taken away the lives of our loved ones. And we just heard Mia talk about the next generation and how they have been robbed their life to can continue on and to know this story as well. And so it is an ongoing painful story, but a story that we all must, must continue to remind governments of the day, to remind everybody the stories that happened and the horrors that happened to our people, what happened in South Australia, what happened across the globe, as governments have made choices to test, to use these weapons to do harm on our country, but also harm on our people. And we will know those stories, we all know those stories of Habakasha, who first-hand experienced what these weapons can do. And these are moving stories, but we all need to continue to get those stories out to the broader community 
to remind not only ourselves, but also the broader community of how these weapons have impacted on us. Anisu, if there was something we would say, if we were in Vienna, what would we want the world to know about these catastrophic weapons? And what would we want the government to know? Firstly, I would like to acknowledge places like Japan, Kazakhstan, the Marshall Islands. Now, I've met people from those places that have suffered as we have. And, you know, you, you've really got my heart. Um, I'd like the government to understand just what they're doing. It's, it's not just... I've lived my life and I've, I've um, lived through all this horrible, poisonous stuff. I don't want to see my grandchildren and great-grandchildren carry it on, my children. So what I'd like to see is that we have to keep the past alive. We really do so we can protect the future. Because if we're going to forget that past, they're going to do it again, and it's going to start all over again, and the future will be just nothing but a nuclear black cloud hanging over everybody. So please, Australia, sign and ratify the treaty, and let's all work together to get rid of this monstrous weapons of mass destruction. Thank you, Ani Sue. I think that's really encouraging to hear, and it's a strong message, no doubt, coming out of Vienna as well, about other countries around this globe who may not have signed on and ratified this treaty, but the amazing work of ICANN, who have done years and years of work in developing this, and everyone who have been involved in pulling this treaty on the prohibition of nuclear weapons and the articles that are there very strong for us all to work on. And Articles 6 and 7 are very important for us who are survivors and generational survivors of what happened here in Australia um, and in our own backyard here in South Australia as well. You're tuned to the Radioactive Show, produced in the studios of 3CR in Fitzroy, Victoria, on the unceded lands of the Kulin Nation, and broadcast across the continent, thanks to the Community Radio Network. We're listening to Karina Lester, Sue Coleman Hasseldine, and Mia Hasseldine, presenting at the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons event from Port Augusta to Vienna with Love on the 19th of June. One of the important messages from Port Augusta is really reminding everybody about what happened and the generations that have felt the impacts. I've spoken a little bit of language in this presentation this evening from Port to talk about how our mob, Arnaujuda, were not informed of those tests that were about to take place on their traditional lands. And language is front and centre in informing our own mob and bringing our own mob on our journey as we fight this fight it's important for information to be in Bijanjara and Yangunjara, for those languages to be valued and also for Arnold to know of the impact it has on our bodies and our environment as well. It's important for Arnold to understand 
how these weapons are harmful and how important it is for us to get our stories out in our own language, in our Bilyanyara and Yangunyara language as well. It's important because consent was never given by Arnangajura. At emu fields, government did not come and ask Arnangu, Bilyanyara, Yangunyara Jura if it was okay to test on their traditional lands. And so we were never informed, Arnangu were never informed of what the government was deciding behind closed doors. This is a huge story that needs to be shared, that Arnangu need to know about these harms because we've lived what these weapons have done to our family and our oral stories that are passed on generations to generations are the stories of that lived experience. Our loved ones died, our loved ones suffered, and we are the generations that continue to share those stories, but also feel how it has impacted on the generations to come as well. Mia touched on research, and I think that's a real important area. And I'm hoping, Mia, I could ask you if you wanted to elaborate a little bit more around the research that is needed for us here in South Australia and where they tested on Nana's country and what are those gaps that you would like to see more being done for the next generation? Mm-hmm. Um, I think genetic research is a, there's like heaps of research and there's heaps of scientists and doctors um, already studying DNA so I think if we could somehow link those scientists or researchers into people that live on community eat food from this community like we still eat the bush tucker that's out there where fallout probably landed so I mean I think coming to community researchers um, and um, just talking, I guess, gathering stories. You have to gather information from us. You have to understand and hear our stories, um, create rapport so that we open up and tell you. Like, there's probably other women who have stories similar to mine, but if they don't know um, that, you know, that fallout could have impacted genes or food or water in the area, then you don't, you can't make the connection and you won't, talk to someone about it or you won't ask the questions. The only reason I ask the questions about my little girl is because my grandmother has been talking about this stuff for years because a doctor talked to her about it years ago. So I was, I know it because my grandmother tells me about it and then it happening to me made me ask where I probably wouldn't have asked if I didn't have any connection. And I think Australia should be committing to educating people so that they do ask the question and that so it, their stories can be heard and their stories can be um, shared and heard like and actually helped. So, I mean, if there is like people suffering with cancer that could be linked to the fallout, like provide compensation, help. But compensation is not the biggest thing, I think we need healing like to we need to be acknowledged that tests happened here we need apologies we need to be able to understand that we just need to be able to somehow heal through it mm. and i think yeah there's a long way to go i think absolutely and it's so important as 
generations and yourself being third generation survivor to really continue on to talk about where those gaps are. You know, the research is such an important area because the treaty on the prohibition of nuclear weapons focuses on those areas. The research and the support that is needed by communities is crucial and we need governments of the day to really work with communities who have been impacted by this. Thank you both for sharing your painful stories over generations. As I mentioned, there are three generations here. Where do you find your hope and energy to keep doing this work despite such a heavy burden? You know, we all carry for you and, and your community. I'm going to ask you, Anisoo, you know, where does that, you know, you, you've, your energy to keep going and keep going? I know you did say we give it to the young people to hand and take on, but how do we continue on despite such heavy burdens, of there's course? Times, there's been times when I just wanted to give up and some, somehow I always stand up and, and say, no, you can't give up, you must keep going, you must help protect the young, the future generations, the animals, the world in general. And, you know, and there's a message there, just keep it going, and, you know, we really must put a stop to all things nuclear before nuclear puts a stop to the world. But that strength to keep going is coming from the fact that the future generations have got to survive. We need them. You know, like I said, I've lived my time. I'm old now, but Mia has followed through. <laughs> and now she's stepping up, which we was hoping things like this wouldn't happen, you know, that we could all say, it's all fine, but it's not. Now, Mia's going to carry the fear that I carried all those years, and that was the fear of, did I pass pass down, you know, yeah. the mutated genes? Yeah. And yes, I did, because just in my own family, triple heart bypasses, thyroids, deformities, you Mr. know, that's just my own family. So how many other families out there worldwide we're suffering the same types of things, a bit scared to talk about the mutations and it, just in case it might happen, and it did. But, you know, how many families out there are afraid and are holding it inside of them, not bringing it out, for, you know, just afraid for their future generations? Yeah. Well, I'm one of them. I've heard stories of, you know, women being born without reproductive organs. Like, I feel like if... I feel like we're going to start hearing stories like that from our own community if, you know, and I think that really hurts and that's really sad and scary. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. One of the, the messages coming from Port Augusta's gathering is that our stories and hopes are stronger than your weapons and fears and mm. I think that's really strong in what we've heard this evening as well about keeping those stories alive and ongoing. I think it's important for us to find that hope and to find that energy to continue on to share and keep these stories alive for generations to come. It is really important for us to continue on this work. It is a heavy burden, but with community behind us and community on board, community knowing our stories and feeling strong to share their stories, it's important for us to continue on to do that for our broader broader community 
to bring greater awareness in our own broader community here in South Australia and Australia, but also across the world as well. It's, it's so important to continue sharing those stories. That brings us to the end of today's radioactive show. We just heard from Gugatha women, Auntie Sue Coleman Hazeldine and Mia Hasseldine and Yankunjara Anangu woman Karina Lester speaking in Port Augusta on the 19th of June. ICANN Australia organised an incredible week of nuclear ban hubs from the 19th to 24th of June, live streaming conversations from their team in Vienna with a range of guests and hosts in various locations to keep everyone up to date on what was happening on the ground at the first meeting of state parties to the United Nations Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. You can watch all the hubs on their website, icanw.org.au forward slash hubs Thanks so much to ICANN for sharing the recordings of this event and to Karina Lester, Andy Sue Coleman Hasseldine and Mia Hasseldine for their incredible work To listen back to this and previous episodes of The Radioactive Show you can find our podcast at 3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive or on any podcast app. Thanks to the Nuclear Free Collective at Friends of the Earth Melbourne for their financial support and to the Community Radio Network for getting the show out to community radio stations across the continent. Thank you for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.